Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for tuning into the show again tonight. Uh, wanted to also tell you guys that uh, we do have some exciting news coming up. It, it does look like that's going to be uh, announced next week. It's more than one announcement, which is kind of cool. So uh, I'll, ca- I'll stop teasing you guys about it, but it is, uh, it's going to be exciting. So I hope you guys are ready for that. But tonight... What we're going to do is we're just going to do kind of what we did last year during the season. Uh, after each week, at some point in the middle of the week, we're going to go over the pro football focus grades for the Colts, the top Colts for the most part, and kind of uh, discuss why they got their grade, what we agree with, disagree with, so on and so forth. And uh, and we'll go from there. So some of you guys have been wanting to do this, and uh, and it's fun to at least go, go through these uh, occasionally. Uh, don't always agree with them, and, and that's kind of about the the consensus from anybody and everybody who looks at these grades. But uh, overall, it gives us a kind of an idea of of what we think and what our thought process is on what we saw the week before. So uh, let's go through the quarterbacks, obviously first, and see how Andrew Luck showed out. I everybody look fifty three attempts, uh, I think what seventy four percent completion rate, just about. I love what Andrew Luck did. I, I don't like that he threw as many times as he did, but he did uh, really well for the most part after that interception. It was great on third down. Uh, Andrew Luck looked look excellent, and I'm excited to see what he does this season. He was sixth overall with an 82.3 grade. Fitzpatrick is actually <laughs> leading the NFL right now. Uh, then Drew Brees, Joe Flacco had a hell of a game as well. Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of a surprise to me. Uh, but Tom Brady and then Andrew Luck. So and Andrew Andy Dalton was right after Andrew Luck on that. And now, uh, do we agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, I agree with it because I just don't really have any issues with the fact that Andrew Luck is rated, you know, sixth right now. I just think that that's pretty pretty much a guarantee that he's about at that spot right now, considering how many you know, like I said, his completion rate, two touchdowns. Uh, just the one bad play earlier, but he was so good the rest of the game, it only makes sense. So, uh, so let's move on to the halfbacks here, and the Colts. You know, th- they're not going to have one of the top running backs in this uh, in this division or in the league for that matter. That's just not the way it's going to be. But the how they use them 
could end up giving them some solid grades throughout the season. Naheem Hines comes in at number 24 uh, with a 60.5 grade. I thought he had a nice game. He definitely looked like a, a much better receiver, you know, as far as uh, ball control than we thought he was going to be in the uh, return game. So you like to see what he did. He was used quite a bit. He was targeted quite a bit. I thought he had a nice game. Jordan Wilkins is a 35th uh, with a 56.4 grade. I like I like Jordan Wilkins a lot. I want to see more urgency from him in the backfield. I want to see him really trying to make uh, a solid attempt to hit these holes as quickly as possible when they're available. His patience is what drives me nuts sometimes because there's holes available, but it seems like he's waiting for a better hole. And we know what that does. That does nothing but get you swallowed up uh, real quick, especially at the line, near the line of scrimmage. So uh, let's move on to the wide receivers. All in all, the Col- this is another position for the Colts. We're not, we should not expect uh, the Colts to be you know, amongst the top 10, top 15 in this, unless, of course, T.Y. Hilton has a fantastic game. That's really the only breakout guy I think that we see uh, to, to not only add the consistency of receptions, but to make something happen out of them and so on and so forth. So uh, Ryan Grant actually leads the Colts. He's all the way down at 51, uh, 51st, I guess, with a 61.4 grade. You like what he did. He was consistent. He made some good catches. He didn't do much after the catch, but nobody did really. So, uh, I mean, you, you've got to get him, give him credit for being available, being there, making the catch. I just think uh, that there's a lot of guys that could do what he does right now. Hopefully he uh, continues to ascend. I would, I mean, you know, I, I everybody knows that I'm not very high on him uh, from what we've seen so far. But, you know, like I said, if he can be that consistent guy underneath and catch those, I think it's an odd role for him. But, you know, so be it. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, let's move on to Chester Rogers. He comes in at 56th with a 59.5 grade. Chester didn't uh, have a whole lot of opportunities or, or anything in the first week. I expect him to have a bunch more as the season goes on. And I think he's going to obviously have a really nice season pending him staying healthy. T.Y. Hilton all the way down at 79th, uh, tied with Michael Crabtree with a 53.9 grade. Uh I, I, there's just, you know, it, it, this is whatever. He had a big drop that I thought could have possibly gone for a touchdown. And I think that most people think that too. Uh, I, did, I didn't really get a chance to watch him as far as off the line of scrimmage to see how strong he was or how elusive he was or anything like that. But I'll go back and watch that and kind of get a better idea maybe of why they had him so low. I just thought aside from that drop, you know, he was pretty solid, even though he didn't get a ton uh, a ton of snaps either, but, uh, let's move on to the tight ends. Eric Ebron leads the Colts here with, uh, coming in at 14th with a 69.1 grade. Nice touchdown. You love what you see all from Ebron, even though he didn't get a ton of snaps. I think he only had, he only had, uh, what is that? 25, uh, 36 total snaps in the game. And I didn't expect him necessarily to be, that underused I thought that he and Doyle would both be getting quite a bit of usage but the thing is is that Ebron is that kind of guy who's not a blocker he is a guy that they can line up everywhere but then again so are there there are other guys there too there are actual receivers that get lined up outside Naheem Hines you know that kind of stuff so I'd expect him to get more snaps going forward but uh, it looks like you know Jack Doyle is going to be the guy 
to get the 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 lion's share of the snaps in Indianapolis. Uh, speaking of Jack, he comes in at 26th uh, with a 60.7 grade. Outside of that fumble, he had an excellent game. There's really no disputing that. I know that a lot of people are making a big deal about the fumble. And yes, you know, I mean, if we're being honest, right, the fumble did actually possibly call cost the Colts the game, but we still don't know what would have happened after that. He could have caught that, gone down, and then T.Y. Hilton could have fumbled at the five or something. You know what I'm saying? So it, putting the blame on him, yes, it's accurate, I, I guess, to an extent. But at the same time, the Colts should never have been in a position where they had to come back from four down. They were, what, 13 ahead at one point. I, I Jack Doyle is so sure-handed and such a uh, quality, consistent guy on this roster. I'm, I just have a hard time going after him with this. But, you know, do as you will. It doesn't really make much of a difference. So let's move on to the tackles. And, here, and, and look, I, I thought that uh, Jamarcus Webb did a better job than most people were going to give him credit for. I thought Joe Haig did a better job than most people were going to give him credit for. And they both were very similar, obviously. And so this, I don't know how the grade would shake out if I was to grade them two, but they, I would have put them both very close as far as uh, how, how impressive they were. And I'm not saying that they were impressive, but how good they were through the game. I would put them about at the same, and pro football focus at least agrees in that regard, uh, Haig comes in at 28th with a 64.6, and Jamarcus Webb is right behind him at 29th with a 64.5. And, I, I mean, all in all, look, the Colts are going to get Anthony Costanzo back this week. The Colts are, I mean, Jamarcus Webb got IR'd, so, you know, he's not going to play anymore, you know, at least for, what, eight or nine weeks. And so now the Colts have to make sure that they've got that right tackle uh, spot sewn up. You know, the Raven Clark come in and and is he strictly a left tackle backup does Joe Haig move over to right tackle I think probably uh Braden Smith is a backup there at right tackle uh coach Reich said that today so they, they've got some options at right tackle it's not that big a deal more impressively it is the issue with Anthony Costanzo coming back hopefully he is ready for week two because the Colts do need him and that offensive line needs him for the run blocking and for the pass protection so uh, that that's something that we can all agree on that that's going to get better with Anthony Costanza, hopefully if he is a hundred percent. So let's move on to the guard play again. You know, the Colts weren't extremely highly ranked in this, even though I felt like they played pretty well. Uh, Quentin Nelson, uh, leads the team with, uh, he's at 27th with a 62.9 grade. And, and look, Nelson's a beast. He's not going to be perfect as a lot of people think he should be because he was so highly regarded. He is still a rookie. He is still a badass though, too. So I'm not at all upset if he had a couple of snaps where he got beat. I mean, he's human. It's going to happen. He is still a massive, massive upgrade from anything that the Colts have had at that position in a long time. So uh, let's move on. Matt Slauson's coming in at 37th with a 60.3 grade. Now, I, I thought he played fairly well too, but he's he's just, you know, one of those he's just not that he's just not great. He's not going to be great. And so I, I don't think that we should expect him to be. He is there for the intimidation more or less, the the tone setting ability, the physicality that he brings to that interior because that's what they need. They need guys that are going to take other people out, and that's uh that's what he brings. So I, I, I like what the, what they've got so far. Uh the guy leading the uh the defense here. Uh, center, Kelly, uh, center Ryan Kelly, he comes in at number six 
in the league uh, with a 70.9 grade. So I, I thought he had a good game. I wouldn't necessarily say that I thought he had the best of the three, but he did have a big workload to put up with, and I thought he did a really nice job with that. I think Ryan Kelly is back. I'm excited for him to be back, and I, I just think that this defense or this offensive line is going to be worlds better than uh, than what they've been in the past. So uh, let's move on to the defense now, and just a note as we look at the corners. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, he's number one from Washington uh, with a 92.3 grade. He had a pick, three passes defensed the other night in their first uh, game. So that's what the Colts are going up against this week, at least one of them. The other one's Josh Norman. So, I mean, the the Colts have a lot to work against in the secondary. But let's let's look at uh, where the Colts came in here. And Kenny Moore is the first one for the Colts at number 29. And he tied with Patrick Robinson in New Orleans with a 71.8 grade. I thought Kenny Moore had a nice game. I, I felt like he, you know, that pick may give him a little bit of a boost in where he is or should be. But one way or another, he, he made the play. He did a nice job being physical against the run. And I thought he was solid in coverage as well. So uh, next is Nate Hairston. He's all the way down here at tied for 63rd with some good names. So this is, like I said, this is the first week. Tredavious White's down there. William Jackson from Cincinnati's down here. Um, he ended up with a 59 grade, a grade of 59. And I thought that he had a pretty solid game too. I'm not upset with what the Colts have in the secondary at this moment. I think they're okay, and I think that they're going to get significantly better, uh, especially this guy, Quincy Wilson. He's down at 99th with a 29.1 grade. They did not like the way he played. He had 40 snaps. I, I thought that he played okay as well, but he is hampered by, you know, that club on his hand, and that's just something that's going to come with the territory. And he looked a step slow. He, he you know, he likes to use his hands a lot, and that's something that comes with the territory uh, with, the, with these physical corners, and he's just going to have to get better, and he's going to have to do, you know, his technique's going to have to be more sound. So uh, let's move on to the safeties. The uh, Matthias Farley, he comes in at number six with an 82.2 grade, forced a fumble, was quality in coverage, good against the run, big hitter. Uh, I think we're seeing that Matthias Farley is, you know, hey, you can draft guys, you can bring in, you know, that the, you can have Clayton Gathers come back from his injury. I'm still going to be here kicking butt as much as possible. So good for Matthias Farley, excited for him. That was a pretty, he had a good game. Um, let's see how many snaps he had. Uh, 23. So not a ton of snaps on the defensive side of the ball, but he made him count. And that's, you know, that's what counts here. So you kind of take that into consideration as well. When you're looking at these grades, he, he small sample size, which is also a, a, a much easier way to go down the rankings, but he made the best of his. So you gotta, uh, you gotta give it to him for that. Malik Hooker down here at 37th with a 66.9 grade overall, 65.2 against the pass, 61.1 against the run. Um, 41 snaps for Malik Hooker. I think Hooker did a good job as well, and I think Clayton Gethers did a good job. I think these two are going to continue to rise. The chemistry around this group in the secondary is is key, and that's what's ultimately going to help this Colts defense in, in the regular season or throughout the rest of the regular season is how well they gel. And this is all part of the process. Week one is in the books. Kind of put it in your rear view, man, because a lot of teams lost that probably shouldn't have, and a lot of teams won that probably shouldn't have as well. But one thing is for sure, 
everybody is learning and growing and and this is what uh we want from the colts they're a young group that's what we need anyway so uh looking down here let's see uh clayton gathers is at 43rd with a 63.5 grade again not as good against the run but better against the pass i thought he did a pretty solid job and i don't know if i'm actually going to fall in line with that actually he didn't do better against the pass a little bit less than malik hooker i was gonna say uh, so I don't know, like I said, on some of these, I don't know how I would grade them necessarily is where I would put their grade uh, in, in a numbers term. But one thing's for sure is I, I felt like they were solid, not great. And that kind of shows as well. Um, let's move on to the linebackers. Anthony Walker had a good game. I told you guys this. I like that he wasn't allowing a bunch of extra yardage after the catch. He was doing a nice job coming up and plugging. They gave him a 78.4 over, um, uh, against the pass. I, I like that. I think that's good. Uh, he's 13th overall with a 76.6 grade, though. So that shows you that Sky Moore – I mean, Sky Moore is good. We don't know what he would grade out with uh, with all those snaps. And Anthony Walker had only had 23 snaps himself. But they rotate these guys quite a bit. So uh, you'd like to see Anthony Walker having a good game, especially at the mic. I think that's a, a, be, a good role for him, probably the best role. Uh, looking at Darius Leonard, he's 28th overall with a 69.2 grade. He had 56 snaps. That, to me, is more impressive more than anything, right? He's a guy, he's all over the field. He's definitely a guy that the Colts are going to be using. He's going to be a superstar. I think most of us agree on that, at least fandom. I don't know what national they think. They, I'm sure there's a much more wait-and-see approach, but I love what he brings to the team and, and all the uh, excitement and the, and the uh, speed and, and everything. He, he looks like he's going to be the real deal, so... Uh, Sky Moore is down here at 65th overall with a 43, uh, 48.3 grade, 27 snaps for the game on him. Uh, I thought that, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I didn't realize that he played more than, than Anthony uh, Walker. But look, Sky Moore is going to be a guy of, of the future for the Colts. He's not just a UDFA. He's going to be a longtime Colt, in my opinion, especially if he continues to play the way he has. He continues to be quality and coverage and be able to, if he can force a couple of these turnovers that he's so close to forcing, I think that the Colts are going to be in really good shape with him. So uh, look down here at the defensive lineman, uh, the interior defensive lineman, Danico Autry, with, uh, he's number 15th overall with an 82 uh, even. And I thought he did a nice job. Didn't flash a whole bunch, but you, you see that he's consistent, quick with his hands. And he likes to use them, and he continues to use them. Al Woods is down at 63rd with a 61.4 grade. You know, that first uh, first drive, that first snap where he forced that uh, interception, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, you know, do that again. He couldn't repeat that necessarily throughout the rest of the game, but that definitely helped. Um, down here at 79th overall is Grover Stewart with a 56 overall, uh, 56 grade. And I think that he's he's another guy who's going to do nothing but rise for the Colts as well as as time goes on. And I, I, I like what the Colts have in a lot of different places on this defense regardless. So, I, you know, not everybody's going to agree, and that's fine. But I, I really like what the Colts have in a couple of these spots, especially when you consider the future and what it can mean for them once they continue to build this way. Uh, Jabal Sheard, ninth. Marcus Hunt, tenth in the edge. Uh, grades 79.4 and 79 even respectively gotta like that from Marcus Hunt two sacks on the day uh, definitely a guy who showed that this is how you bull rush <laughs> um, and, and I thought he did a nice job 
I wasn't so impressed with Jabal Sheard. I'm kind of surprised that he's a little bit higher than that. Both of them played just or 40 and 42 snaps, respectively. But I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not so sure that Sheard, aside from the, you know, a few of the pressures that he, you know, forced, that the that he had such a great game either. But, you know, I'll take it. If the Colts are going to get some notoriety, we might as well accept it because they're not going to get much anywhere else. Uh, Kamoko Ture down here at 87th overall with a 47.6 grade. And uh, I, I think we saw some real flashes from him. We continue to see real flashes from him, and that's exciting going forward. He's definitely a speed rush guy. They've just got to be able to get him to use not only with the technique to improve, but the power has to improve as well with that. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Like I said, sticking right to the guns here with the PFF grades. Wanted to give them all to you, not just the top three or four you know, from the team. But we see that there's some uh, potential from the Colts, even de- de- regardless of, you know, how many grains of salt you want to take this with. Look at the Colts as a team that is rising and is building and has the potential to have some some really good games. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Colts cast. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. 
It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.